0: In the days of Noah, God placed a rainbow in the sky as a sign of a covenant of God's love for all the earth. The colors of the rainbow received a sign of God's grace for all creation. In the days of Moses, the words of God were written on tablets of stone as a sign of a covenant between God and all of God's people. days of the prophets, saints, and sinners alike, God promised to place a new covenant in our hearts. As people of living today, make us examples of God's promise us. Amen. Let us pray. God of creation, of delight, of struggle and peace. Holy is your name. Let justice and mercy fill all creation, and let us recognize that every thought and thing belongs to you. Holy is your name. Feed us with the bread we need for today. Forgive our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Holy is your name. Stand with us in trial and temptation. Free us from the grip of all that is evil. Holy is your name. For you invite us into creation with you, now and forever. Amen. Today's reading is from the Gospel according to St. Mark, the second chapter. Jesus went out again besides the lake. The whole crowd gathered around him, and he taught them. As he was walking along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. And he got up and followed him. And as he sat at dinner in Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were also sitting with Jesus and his disciples. For there were many there who followed him. When the scribes of the Pharisees saw that Jesus was eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they said to his disciples, Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard this, he said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I have come to call not the righteous, but sinners. Here ends the reading.
1: Hi everyone, I'm Amanda, I'm a junior, and I'm a pre-seminary student. When Pastor Scott had asked me if I'd be willing to speak at chapel this semester about room at the table, he listed off some ideas of potential things that I can talk about. So I immediately jumped to one of the most difficult questions that I could possibly think of, and that was, who is welcome at God's table? Those of you who know me know that I have a tendency to take on way too much, so it shouldn't be surprising that I would think it was a good idea to attempt to answer one of the most controversial theological questions of our time in eight minutes. But I will do my best. I'm originally from Honolulu, Hawaii. And in Hawaii, when I tell people that I go to Cal Lutheran, or if I tell them that I'm studying to become a Lutheran pastor, I usually get one of two responses. One, what's a Lutheran? Or two, oh, well, that's nice. And then they really quickly changed the subject. Over the past few summers, though, instead of going back home, I have worked as a camp counselor at a Lutheran Bible camp up in Wisconsin. Now, in the Midwest, if you tell someone you're a Lutheran, it isn't a big deal, because you can't throw a stick without hitting a Lutheran out there. (laughs) But if I tell them that I go to California Lutheran University, I usually get one of two responses. Either something about California weather, because in the Midwest you can't go more than a few hours without talking about weather, or Cal Lutheran. They're those really liberal Lutherans, right? Or they're the ones who are really big on interfaith, right? And while that's one of the things that we do, that doesn't mean that's what everyone here does, but anyways. Part of my job as a counselor this summer was to team up with another counselor to create an hour-long workshop that we could put on for the high school ministry program every week. And because Cal Lutheran is known out there as the interfaith school, naturally, my boss assigned me to do the interfaith workshop. And because God has a sense of humor, of course, the other counselor was ass- that was assigned to do this program with me was a guy named Josh, who was, out of our entire staff, probably the most theologically different person from me possible. We come from very different church backgrounds and Josh's very conservative interpretations of scripture did not always mesh so well with mine. So to say that we disagreed on the purpose of interfaith conversation was a bit of an understatement. But Josh and I hashed it out, frustrated and heated and on edge for days trying to come to an agreement about who was welcome at God's table. After a few days, we had almost decided to scrap the workshop. We clearly were not going to be able to come to an agreement, and we could not figure out who was right. So when we told our director about our problem, he sat us down at a cafe table. He points the table in front of us and says, all right, guys, let's just say that the surface area of this table is everything that has been revealed to us and everything that mankind can possibly ever know about God. And he drew a little tiny circle with his finger, about this big, and said, you're college students. You know this much. And that's okay, And that's great. But the thing was, the question that Josh and I were trying to tackle was somewhere outside of our little circles. And the even crazier thing was that God is still bigger than our circles, and God is still bigger than the table, and God is still bigger than anything that we can even start to begin to imagine. So there are going to be questions that we just aren't going to be able to know the answers to. Somehow that idea, a lot of the times, comes across as very difficult for us because nearly everyone in this room is involved in academia somehow. And I'm sure that students think this way. I'm not sure if professors do. But for a lot of students, there's always this end goal of, I just need to learn this much in order to pass my test or I just need to take this many classes to get a degree or even something as broad as I don't understand everything about my major yet. So then what do we do with a God that we can't possibly comprehend or explain? My sophomore year, I was having such a hard time with this question that one of my religion professors had to sit me down during office hours and teach me how to say, I don't know because I'm 19 and that's okay. (laughs) But at camp, when Josh and I were trying to create this interfaith workshop and when we couldn't figure out who was welcome at God's table, we finally had to say, we don't know because we're college students and that's okay. God is endless and if humanity is only capable of knowing this much about God and Josh and I know this much, then the answer to the question that we were trying to figure out was not within our little circles. And all that we had to work with was the small amount of of scripture that we each had, the theology classes each of us had taken, and the prayer that we would do our best to find truth and trust in God's grace if we were wrong. So Josh and I decided it was time to change our question. Who are we to say who is welcome or not? That is up to God. And that is way outside of my little circle. So instead of figuring out who is welcome at the table, let's start asking ourselves how God calls us as Christians, and for that matter, as all people of faith, to interact with everyone that we're at the table with and everyone who comes seeking a place, regardless of if we know whether or not they're welcome. And Josh and I finally agreed on something. Because even though we have incredibly different interpretations of scripture, it is pretty hard to ignore that Christ has showed us over and over that our response to people who are different from us or to people who have different ideas of God or people who maybe no one else welcomes, our response as Christians should always be to love them anyway. And in that love and in opening ourselves to God so that he may speak and act and love through us, then we have done exactly what we are called to do. And we trust that God, our good and gracious host, will take care of the rest and answer all of the questions that we can't. There are a ton of people sitting at God's table, and a lot of them have completely different beliefs. There are people sitting here who think that God only loves them, and God loves them. And then there are people sitting here that think that God could never love them, and it's up to us to show them that God loves them too. And he invited all of us to sit down together, and try not to kill each other with our religious convictions. So if all that I know is this, maybe I will start to realize that everything that God has taught me in this has always pointed to my purpose and vocation, which always should be and will be this, amen.
0: you the thanks for your presence with us this day. As we depart, we ask you to bless us throughout the remainder of the day and guide us safely. Do not let the essence of this worship fade, but instead may it continue to live within us and bear fruit until we find ourselves together again. We ask this in your most holy name. Amen. To the God of all creation send you forth to be love, through grace, through mercy, give hope now and always.